Welcome back. We are here. Another fantastic-ish episode of Maine Education Matters. We are your podcast that we cover things happening legislatively in the Joint Standing Committee on Education and Cultural Affairs coming out of the Maine legislature, as well as the Maine Department of Education and other education stuffs. Just stuff about education in Maine. Maine education matters. (laughs) It, 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 It does matter. It does it, matter. It, well, at least we think it does. And and for those of you deep cut people, going back all the way to the beginning, back years ago, uh, the one of the original the original hosts of the show, Matt Shea, uh, you know, his name is Matt. My name was Matt. Matters. Look at that. Uh, that's a third layer to that. That title. was that was totally done intentionally. Yeah. And like when Matt <laughs> when he came, we came with that, and I was like, ah, yep, yep, we're done. That's a that's great. I didn't know that. It never occurred to me. The other two did. Anyway, I'm Courtney. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm Matt, apparently. <laughs> so we're going to cover this week the happenings and the shenaniganery of the uh, Joint Standing Committee on Cultural Affairs for uh, the week of the first week of February. Happy February, yeah. everybody. I mean... We don't need to talk about groundhogs, but it was, oh. we had a week. We had a week. I, I, I had this, I have this. How is that still a thing? Good question. How is that still a thing? But there are competing groundhogs. There are a variety of groundhogs. And uh, I'm sorry for those of you that listen to both Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney and Maine Education Matters. You may, you might have been hearing my, my little crossover might be a little crossover, but there are competing groundhogs. There was even a groundhog emergency this year in. uh... Well, that's, that, that's kind of the dream is that you have a groundhog emergency in your life. (laughs) No, you know, not if, if your groundhog dies. Like if if, if I <laughs> depends on how you feel about the groundhog. I mean, <laughs> you know, Good point. Good point. Like if I if I come up there's a groundhog that's been eating all my carrots and eating all my beets, Take and <laughs> and then I come home, I find oh, you know what? Uh, something happened, and the the groundhog said, "All right, I get my carrots back." Now, I, I I would not advocate for killing any groundhogs or anything. Huh? Like that. I don't like that. I don't have. But at all, it's all perspective. Is all I'm saying. It is all perspective. Let's hear about some perspectives. There were some good perspectives on the first. It was a work session day. Yeah, this week was all work sessions. And it was it, all it, work it, sessions. All you can do is sit back and listen unless you were specifically invited to attend. Right. But anyway, all right. So the first one we heard was 1870 about the main safety center. And this was just the bill. We talked about this that just codified what was put into place at the DOE into statute. Um, right. It clarifies the role. Uh there was a question about why is there no fiscal note, which was a good question, but uh, it's because it was already approved by the state budget, so they didn't need a fiscal note because this is just one of those instances where a statute is catching up to practice. Uh, so ought to pass as amended, 12, yes. And one person was absent. I believe later on they voted yes. They voted yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, one of the rare times where you're going to see the full committee vote to yeah. push something through. Fantastic. Yeah. Feels special. All right, the next one, 1880. This is about covering the textbook costs for early college. This was a great conversation. 
I think some really good questions were asked, specifically the question about, are there other barriers, greater barriers to uh, that than course material costs to participation in early college or the expansion of the early college program? Now, Courtney, um, what might some of those barriers be? Um, well, what they talked about, what the representatives from the universities talked about are um, has to do with some of the general inequities in our education system in general. So difficulty expanding into rural schools, having the capacity to even offer the early college courses, um, mm -hmm. things like that, funding for the early college program, not keeping up with enrollment. This was fascinating. So when the funding was first put in place to support this program, um, it was enough then, but then as interest in it has grown because it's really such a fantastic way right. to get people involved and specifically the traditionally underserved, right? They're the ones yeah. who benefit the most from the early college. It has taken off. And so now the funding to for the program itself is the biggest barrier, not not the cost of the textbooks or the materials. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, there a, a major problem that some districts face is just getting people to do the teach the classes. Um, yes. if, if you're doing them in, if you're doing them in a normal high school class one, that means that if you have limited staff, then you are limited in your abilities to offer those classes. And then those staffs who would be available, we're assuming they would want to do this, but right. many of them don't. They, they're like, I don't want to deal with that. That's just, that's, that that's taking a lot of the autonomy and, choice and direction out of my hands as a yeah. teacher and put and is going into a, a college curriculum that I have to do. So a lot of teachers that I know actually said, I don't want to, I don't want to touch that, which then means if you're limited in staffing as it is, because yeah. you're in a rural school or rural, or a rural place that doesn't have a whole lot of, not a great teacher pool, you know, like the big cities right. have, because they're just overflowing with teachers. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, I know it's, I know it, it's, 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 it's everywhere. It's bad everywhere. It's, uh, bad. Yeah. it's, but it's one of those, like, yeah, there are bigger problems and I'm glad that they really started to talk about those and, and highlight those that, Hey, the textbooks are an issue, but not the and issue. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are others that maybe we should consider first yeah. or in addition to. Right. Exactly. So it's been tabled. Uh, everyone, unanimous tabling. <laughs> that is the sign of true decision making right there, which is, <laughs> yes. you know what, universally, we decide to not decide. We need to, we need, they need to learn and think and talk more, uh, which I think is actually great. But so we'll see what happens, if anything, this session with this particular, it kind of feels like not, not a can of worm was opened, but certainly um, more possibilities have been opened. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this turns around into like a resolve to do a study. Yes, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah something like that. Okay, so then they moved on to 1893, and this is the one about uh, the student athlete name and likeness. Right. Um, there was a proposed amendment based on the testimony from 
I believe it was the humane system offered, yeah. offered uh, neither for nor against testimony and outlined some places where uh, the bill could be cleaned up right. and they went for it. They took, they took the advice. Um, again, great example of public participation in the lawmaking process. So uh, they removed the definition of um, institutional contracts, I believe because it was redundant, it was unneeded or maybe not redundant, but unnecessary. Uh, they wanted to make sure it was something about disqualifying from full athletic, oh, that they could not be disqualified from athletic scholarship because of any sponsorship or money for NIL. Uh, wanted to make sure that that didn't happen. Um, and just specify that the students themselves can't use the college logos or names or things in their materials, which makes yeah. complete sense. Makes total complete sense. Yeah. Um, and then the question came up. Um, so this was not, there is a minority report on this one. This one ended up being eight ought to pass as amended and uh, four ought not to pass. Minority report ought not to pass. And basically the reason for the ought not to pass is because um, they felt that since the colleges had kind of said that they don't think this bill is necessarily needed, that they felt that it was, it was bad form to make legislation when the stakeholders say it is not needed. Ah. Uh, yep. I imagine this was pretty much down party lines as well. Yes. Yes. That sound, that's, that Pretty sound, much. that sounds like it was a, like, like a, a party line statement that this is a, this is one would say, Hey, we see a potential issue that we might need to fix and it might not be a problem, but we mm -hmm. can see it being potentially a problem. So we want right. to get ahead of it. And another group saying not a problem. Why are we putting more laws into place? Sure. Yeah. There's some fundamental Right, philosophical differences at the parties, right yeah. there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, and then moved on to 1902, the resolve for a pilot program to encourage climate education. Wow, fascinating stuff. <laughs> Currently, 98 items of testimony in in the queue on, on this one. So clearly, the front runner for this session for a testimony. Yeah, so far, definitely. Um, there was, uh, so most of the discussion was kind of in response to what the Portland Press Herald had printed about this. Um, and if any of you saw that, you will notice that my name was in there, uh, because the Portland Press Herald referred to testimony I had submitted on behalf of the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association. Uh, it was neither for nor, nor against. Um, we, we lauded the the attempt at putting money behind professional learning to influence um, instruction, because that's, if you want to improve something, that's how you do it, is through professional learning, not, not through resources Absolutely. or materials. Um, and then expressed concern around um, equity when you have grant-based programs, that can be a concern. And so the Portland Press-Herald kind of picked up on that and ran with it, um, felt probably more strongly about it than MCLA did. Um, and so there was discussion around how uh, the sponsor of the bill believed that it came from a place of trying to address equity. Um, and then uh, talking about how 
they do believe that there are enough organizations in the state in all of the areas of the state and particularly the underserved areas of the state that the bill is meant to target mm -hmm. um, for this to actually happen uh, that the ideas proposed for the grant funding can actually happen in every single part of the state so great uh fantastic um and that's that was that. Uh, there was some going back and forth around the next gen standards. Um, and right. I, yeah, a little bit kind of, it kind of got lost in is this a conversation about content or professional? Like, I personally felt like some of the conversation lost track of the fact that this is about professional development. This is not about the standards themselves, mm -hmm. right? This isn't about. Is it in the standards? Yes, it is. It <laughs> like is. climate change is in the. This is about having the tools and knowledge to teach right. it well. Right. So like it's it. it's they yeah. they got lost in the whole idea of well whether it is in the standards or should be in the standards when yes. the fact is no no it is it They've is been adopted and so now right. we got to help support our staff to do what's what you've already adopted. Right. Yeah. So instead of arguing about whether or not we should be or not, it is. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was a little, you know, those are moments where what I'm watching where I really wish I could like raise my hand to be like, can I help clarify something for you all? Right. That's not how it works. <laughs> not how the work sessions work. So um, this one, I would imagine coming out of the committee at a work session, unanimous ought to pass. No, it was ought to pass as amended um, eight and ought not to pass four. Sounds like party line again. Party line. So, hmm. yep. I mean, for those of you who have been paying at all attention, that should not be a surprise. No, it shouldn't be a surprise. That's, yeah. That was, that was, that was always doomed to be the way it was as it oh, is yeah. <laughs> yeah. i say doomed in both a good and a bad way yeah i think i i want to kind of make sure, just clarify like so the amendment has to do with clarifying that private funding cannot be used so uh kind of they were talking through like where does the money come from right. um and so it's the kind of grant program where the DOE can apply for other grants in order to offer the grants. Like it's a grant daisy chain potentially. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, not private. It's kind of like one of, the, one of these ideas where there might be someone at the top and then <laughs> you, know, you could be your own boss in a way. You, you be could your like, own boss. You, can you just like, get your family and friends to apply for the grant. Family and friends <laughs> to apply for it. And then if you're your own boss and they're their own boss, you kind of create this three-cornered structure <laughs> um, that could really be great in terms of, you know, supporting and making things grow, making money. I don't, I, someone should do some more, some more looking into that. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm busy enough. You could do that though. Report Fair enough. I got to nothing to do. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I, you know, my, my day job as an administrator, all we do is watch Netflix all day. This sounds like this might be a good side hustle for you though, to get in on this grant daisy chain thing. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Along with that, I might be selling some lipstick. No, thank you. All right. Oh. <laughs> it's fuchsia. No, that's not my color. I'm a redhead. That's not going to work. Not going to work. <laughs>
so that was the first. That was February first. Yeah. There you go. All done. Now done. we're going to move on to February second, the next the next work session. And I want to make very clear: there were three bills that were heard. We're only yeah. going to talk about one of them. Right. We're not going to talk about the twelve oh six, which had to do with more of the cultural affairs side. We don't do culture. Yeah. And 1820 had to do with strengthening the governance of the main community college system. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Whatever. But let's talk about LD 680, the resolve to reestablish a task force to study the creation of a comprehensive career and technical education. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what have you got to say about this one? Um, well, looking, I mean, the, the <laughs> several pieces of testimony, this is an emergency. Okay. Uh, so it would go right into place. Um, yeah. a, lot, a lot of people from um, region 10, because this is where this would all, what, what's, what, this is where it's going to be happening out of the idea behind this project. Okay. If I remember correctly is to take the region 10, uh, tech center and to convert it into a more, um, what they're calling a comprehensive high school. Okay. And so I'm pulling up the, the, la the language right here. Um, Reestablishes a task force to study this, to, so to learn about what comprehensive high schools are, to learn about okay. whether or not those it could fit in the state of Maine, um, et cetera, that kind of thing. And it kind of just it, it's it's an interesting i it's an interesting idea, it's an interesting project, um, and it seems like this is a bill to do a study of something that is pointed at one project but could have far lasting implications for other places. Maine has a long history of comprehensive high schools or at least what are called comprehensive high schools. Right. Um, because, you know, comprehensive high schools are meant to be where the content is uh, integrated together at once. Whereas a lot of the comprehensive high schools in Maine have like one side of the building is academics and another side of the building is CTE. They're all in the same building. But oh, the curriculum right, but not really is not integrated. It's not interdisciplinary in that way. So um, there's, I mean, there, that really, that's what the definition is of a comprehensive high school, at least for the purposes of this. For the most part, I mean, if you if you look like Massachusetts has a ton of really high quality examples of, of places that are already in play uh, that mm -hmm. have been down for years of these comprehensive high schools that have this kind of structure in them. The challenge with the Massachusetts model is that. Um, it's an application process and it's um, not every kid can go there. So it right. takes kids away from their sending school and pulls right. them into that particular place. Okay. And so um, what, what this project might do, it looks like it might be, it might be going that way or it might be trying to look into to what extent can that kind of thing happen? And what would the impact of that be on say the sending schools to region 10 or yeah or to other places. And I, I think there's a, there's a lot of questions that have to be resolved um, with this resolve. Okay. Do we know um, what what came out of that work session? I just messed up my browser. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they ought to pass as amended. Everybody? Looks like it. Wow. I don't have the full list of who voted for what, where, and when, but if it's ought to pass as amended, that usually means um, you know, even if it was with one person dissented, it would be a divided report. So it makes right. me that it would, that everyone said, yep. Great. So okay. that one's going forward and see how it goes. Yeah. And so the other bills are not ones that really, 
mattered. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I, I see you, and I appreciate you. You uh, um, So that was that. That was this week. That was the week of February, first week of February. Let's do a quick preview of what's coming up next week, February the eighth, and February the ninth. We have two days of public hearings. All right. So on the eighth, we have LD one seventy six, an act to facilitate a grade nine to 16 school project. And this is one I know a lot of people have been waiting to see um, language on. It is currently a concept draft and still concept draft up on the state website. Yes, so... the, I, 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 I heard that the language for this bill had to be submitted um, to the registrar's office. I don't know if that's what it's called. I don't know. Those revisor's things. office. Revisor's office. Thank you. I like, yeah. Yeah, I like revisor better than registrar anyway. Um, to that office by today. Oh, okay. So we should see that soon. So it should, it should be either uploaded. Yeah. As soon, as soon as possible. Yeah. I know that that's one for which there's a lot of interest because very few people know what it says right now. <laughs> yep. So, so right. that's all we can say about it because we don't know. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then coming up are a bunch of resolves. I don't know how many whereases there are on these, Matt, but two of these are pretty good ones. I mean, or important ones anyway, if not good, they're important. So first there's a resolve regarding review of portions of chapter 40, rules for medication administration in Maine schools. Yeah. And these are all, the, the next four are all presented by Maine DOE. Yeah, they're only, so this is like, um, I, I can't explain this one well at all because I don't, I honestly, I don't know what that one says. But yeah, the other two, here's the problem with, with, when, with the D, when they do these things, if you go and you look at like most of the texts of these, uh, they're emergency. And what this one says, uh, to, to really clarify, the, the bill is uh, <laughs> regard, regarding legislative review of portions of chapter 40, rule for right. medication administration in main schools, major substantive rule. Yeah. The summary of this bill, yeah. To give us a, a clue is this resolve provides a legislative review of portions chapter 40, rule Thanks. for medication administration in main schools, <laughs> a major stuff. The, the summary is the title. Yeah, the summary is the title. You have to uh, you have to kind of to some extent be in the know about these. these so like I'm know. more in the know about the other two than I am that one. Well, let's but talk basically, about those. Yeah, let's talk about those. So chapter, so LD 1932. Uh, regarding legislative review of portions of chapter 132, the learning results, parameters for essential instruction. So these, this is the revisions of the main learning results, the standards specifically for health PE and foreign language. So all of the main states learning standards, which are called the learning results, parameters for essential instruction are on a review cycle of roughly every five years. Um, and so a, the DOE gets a group of educators from the state across in those in the particular content areas, and they take a look at them. They first they decide, do there need to be changes? Have there been any legislative things that require changes? And then they make the changes. Um, it is a longstanding process. Yeah, it's so, been it's been it's been, a, it's been a, a really in a way a lot of effective process because you have yeah. a lot of the educators then are really involved in the decision making of what those. Yeah. standards are and how they can be edited, adjusted. And, you know, for whether you agree with them or not, I think the process itself 
um, yeah. is one that um, a lot of folks I know do appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that one is about, um, the revised health PE and foreign language standards. And then the next one, 1933, the Resolve uh, Review of Portions of Chapter 115, the Credentialing of Education Personnel. Um, over the past year or so, um, there has been a highly intentional and well-facilitated effort to review and revise the certification requirements for educators in the state of Maine in over in you know, looking at all of it, not, hey, not it just general. Yeah. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, it's working. People are certified. People are getting credentialed. What's the problem? Yeah, there were problems. There were some problems, I think. That there maybe. were? Yeah, well, and I think they also wanted, one of the goals I believe was to make it easier for people to become a teacher in the state of Maine. Um, I think there were some, there were some cumbersome processes, let's say for state to state reciprocation. So if someone had been a teacher in another state and then came to Maine, it was unfortunately difficult to-, <laughs> to Does anyone on this call have any personal experience with that? Raise your hand, <laughs> you audio. This is an audio medium, so. Matt's hand is up. Matt, right. did you have this problem? <laughs> it was 2004. Oh no, was it I a moved, dark and stormy night? <laughs> I moved back to Maine after living in, all across the country. I moved back, I was living in Oregon at the time when I moved back to here. And I had been teaching elementary. I was an elementary school teacher. Um, and I came back to Maine and wanted to get my certification. Sold, hey, there's reciprocity. Yeah. Awesome. Reciprocity. I got certified in Oregon. I'm certified in New Mexico. Yeah. Awesome. No problem. Well, no, you can't get reciprocity because you haven't taken these classes in Maine. Maine. Yeah. Um, and also, you, me, I was, I was a philosophy major in college, which has, was really effective. Oh, wow. That yeah. explains a lot about you. Doesn't I love it? that I know that. It's, it's, <laughs> it, oh, it's a thing. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that I did it because it taught me how to really think and process. Yeah. But it but set you up for nothing. It set me up for absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I was, I was literally trained to sit in a cave on a mountain and think. Think. That's all I was trained to do. To look at, to look at this, look at this, this pair of sticky notes right here. Say, is this really real? Is it really there? Really here. <laughs> All right. So back to what happened but, with Maine. So because I had a philosophy degree and a political science major, minor, I mean, they said, oh, you should teach high school. Mm -hmm. I remind you, I had been teaching elementary and was an <laughs> elementary certified. Yeah. And they said, nope. You should teach high school. Okay. Mm. So now I'm going back to a source of extreme trauma for me, going back to teach in high school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which was which was fine. It was fun. And it and it and it, and it turned out all right, but it was there was a lot of several years worth of yeah. work and yes. time and money to get fully certified in the state of Maine. And I remember talking to mentors and friends and other administrators being like, I, I, I have a master's degree in educational leadership. I have the experience. I have the certificates. Yeah. 
what the and they're just like they didn't do yeah. it again yeah so you know, they fixed that yeah that which which so they fixed no, a lot of that. good <laughs> yeah because it shouldn't they fixed a lot of that. It, it, if it's too hard to get into becoming an educator becoming a teacher and becoming into the system it's already hard enough it's yeah. already people aren't the profession isn't respected enough across the entire swath of the cult of our culture. And you put those things together and then you make it nearly impossible to be a part of it. Right. Why would people sign up for it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So glad. So they're fixing have a philosophy a degree in order to, if you must be nuts. <laughs> and even with a philosophy. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do philosophy degrees, people. All right. Anyway, um, so, so yeah. So then there's another resolve uh, that's about chapter 60, new school citing approval, 61 state board of education rules for major capital school construction projects and portions of 125 basic school approval standards. Um, all of again, these- all it's of all the, about building schools. So it's about building schools and you know site approval, but also it's all just taking that stuff of, of what's happened in either rule or things that have changes in the past that have happened and then codifying them. Yeah, codifying. So you can see all of these documents various places. I know where to point you to for the ones about the learning results and the credentials. I'm going to say you go to the DOE website and do some poking around to find any of these because there was always, there was a public comment period required on all of these. So you can find the specifics um, very on the DOE website if you really wanna go and look and see what those things actually say. <laughs> you can find it, um, but you won't find it on the legislative website. No. You have to go to the DOE. No, go to the DOE website. So that is the busy day on the 8th. Yeah, and then the 9th. On the 9th, we've got um, we've got a few. There's 1632, an act to update the laws regarding the Maine Educational Center for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. Um, and this actually, this has to do with um, kind of more with um, transportation and after school type. Uh, who's responsible for what type of bill? Uh huh. And it looks like it's also based on um, uh, sorry, the bill amends provisions of the law regarding Maine Educational Center for the Maine uh, Center for Deaf and Hard of Hearing and the Governor Back School for the Deaf by replacing the Center School Satellite School program with the Mac Work Island pre- Preschool and Site Based programs. Yeah. Yeah, so that has already happened. Kind of like that's right. an example of where that's how they operate now. Yeah. So kind of updating it, but then also clarifying some of the specifics around around who pays for what cool. <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah. Who pays for what? Yeah. And Important I've paid for a lot of things be having a philosophy degree. You did. All right. Then there's 1777, an act to amend the laws regarding education service centers. Remember those? What? I was about to say, can you explain to people what those are for someone who doesn't know? So you have to go back a few years to the prior administration. And there was a lot of discussion about how to do consolidation of districts and everything. And then there was a law passed about these education, regional education service centers that would 
do basically what um, an AOS structure does, which is to take your high level administrative rules like superintendent department or special education director, technology director, et cetera, combine those. And then, so your regional service center would be to be able to kind of filter out through there. You could still have your own independent district, but an independent district might not necessarily need to have a full-on superintendent uh, right. full-time. Um, there was a, a, if I remember correctly, there was a whole requirement that districts like had to get involved in some kind of regional service there center or, or provide some kind of explanation as to why you weren't. And a lot of the, I know some of the AOSs were like, we already do this. Um, yeah. And um but yeah, I remember I was in a district at the time where they were kind of like trying to figure out like what do we do? Like almost like making up possible agreements with other districts. There, there was so much chicanery that yeah. happened. Like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna say we're doing this. We're gonna we're well, fine. This is one of those things that we have to do. Fine. Yeah, yeah fine. whatever. Um we're sharing this. We're sharing oh, Bob. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hey, what about Bob? What about Bob? Baby steps into the regional service centers. Uh, no. So what does this do? This this um, amends the law relating to withdrawing from one of these. Wrong, I say you from a regional okay. service center, um, and because uh, so it allows and it kind of helps clarify if an SAU wants to be removed from one of these. It is very possible that the SAU, the RSU, the SAD, whatever, doesn't really, it's not really working for them or sure. if never worked to begin with. Wait, can I ask a, a clarifying question? So I, I, no, I know you know this. So in this bill, all of this withdrawal is uh, section 13 is, or I guess paragraph 13, whatever, 13, number 13 is all underlined. What does that mean again? Does that mean that's all new or does all that mean language. all new language? So there was there not even an outlined process for how to withdraw from a service center? I don't think so. Okay. So then it makes sense to explain that. And, and, if, and, if, there, and if there was, it wasn't clear and wasn't or clear. easy. Okay. okay. All right. Good. So this is, I think this is one of those things over that, like they created this process, they created this structure. And then over the years have realized that um, maybe it wasn't as effective or impactful as we wanted it to be. And so if an S, how does an SCU get out of that? And they were like, well, we didn't really think they would want to get out of it. Why would you want to get, leave this thing? Be, well, because things change. So you know? it's like the ES e Educational Service Center that never ends. No one knows how to make it stop. So they've uh -huh. got to make it stop somehow. Just gotta <laughs> bring it perpetuity. Perfect. Thank you yeah. for helping to understand that one. And what else have we got? Uh, an act 1789, an act to modernize funding of publicly funded tuition students attending career and technical education programs. Yeah, this is an emergency and it's put forth by Senator Maxman of Lincoln. Uh, few co-sponsors on there, um, at least one of whom yeah, two, two of whom actually are for either once currently and once former a uh, uh, education and cultural affairs committee member. And what this one does is under the current law, a school that receives publicly funded tuition students who are enrolled in regular school day, uh, CTE programs, mm -hmm. they can charge a rate of only up to two thirds of the maximum tuition rate. Uh, this bill removes that limitation. 
It then directs each school approved uh, for tuition purposes. I'm reading directly from the summary. Yeah, 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 yeah. To enter into an agreement for the purpose of determining that school's per pupil contribution toward the cost of the career and technical education center or regional serving that school. I should have prefaced okay. this entire conversation with yeah. a disclaimer. Yeah. This has to do with finance and budget. Yeah. And I am really bad at that. That's okay. I it, I have a mental block on all things finance. Yeah. Like I'm 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 I, I really do. I, I, it's, it's something that I just like, I, I, when I start seeing budgets and I start seeing these, I'm like, huh, I need, I need so much help with it. It okay. doesn't come intuitively to me. Whereas sure. um, existentialism or um, <laughs> no, think, thinking in terms of uh, uh, determinism, I can That's go all, all day on those things. Yeah. Well, it seems to me I, I'll be Wittgenstein. I can talk Wittgenstein. I I don't I don't want to. I want to talk about this bill, so I'm gonna to have to say some words here, I guess. <laughs> Please, uh, I'll be in words. I'll be interested to to listen to this one a little more. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of how how that gets paid for, right? Kids that go to uh, CTE, and I think um, it wouldn't have come up if there wasn't a need, or at least if someone didn't see a need, right? So I'm interested to hear. Um, that's interesting that, I, like, why would there be a cap at two thirds of the maximum tuition rate? I don't understand that. Like, you know, like, why would they do that? But um, I saw, so I'm looking forward to learning more about this one. Yeah, me as well. And I and, and I'm assuming if I remember because I think a bill like this has come up before. Yeah. Um, that schools that are receiving publicly funded tuition students who are enrolled in regular school, day career, whatnot, that's talking about like the 50 50, 50 schools, like the Freiburg yep, Academies, yeah. the Fockhart Academies, the right. ACIs, those schools. Yeah. Mostly in particular. Not all, but that's gonna be the brunt of this. So Prepare thyselves for a circling of the wagons of yeah. those of those schools coming in and providing testimony on this. If I remember when we when a bill like this came up before, that's exactly what happened before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what they what they have to say about it. And then we've got, um, and this one is uh, not not so much about. Uh, it's not about pre K through twelve. This is a this is a secondary. This is a, a post secondary bill. Uh, LD 1924, an act to expand access to justice in rural Maine through legal education. What a title. It's a great title. What it's a, a really title. Good title. <laughs> Presented by President Jackson out of Arustic, a, a few, a few co-sponsors again. Um, and this bill requires the University of Maine system to establish a satellite clinic of the Cumberland Legal Aid Clinic of the University of Maine School of Law in Arustic yeah. County as a three-year pilot project. It's just cool. it's creating a satellite project, but what a title. It's such a good title. It really, it's well to, done. To expand <laughs> access to justice, justice in rural Maine. Yes. Yes. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I, I sign off on that for the title alone. Like, sure. Yeah, I, this bill wins for, for best title of this I think legislative so. session. I think Probably. so. Yeah. Because it's like, because it, whereas it's technically correct, the, the wording of it makes you think it's something completely different. Completely different, yes. Like, oh, yeah. you just want to build a satellite to do like 
like pre-law okay yeah okay Uh, yeah (laughs) right i thought this was going to be about something like we're like like equity and like social justice right like restorative justice programs in every school and and, you know yeah no (laughs) and and we're gonna make sure that people are treating treated equally and equitably across absolutely let's go uh, oh no we're just gonna create a pre-law program okay we go for it which i still think it's very cool to do i agree we need more lawyers in rural maine we need more everything in rural everything so this is great if this this program has success then perhaps it's a model other sectors can build off of yeah so yay yay indeed and that's it on the on the docket so far for for next week you know and nothing else is at this point as we're recording this uh has been scheduled for the following weeks um we are very quickly approaching that april deadline yeah i yeah i don't know how much more can, is going to come up. Um, I keep watching and looking to see if new bills are getting referred to the committee and new ones have not been for a couple of days now, a couple of weeks actually. So. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And. And we will listen so that you don't have to. There it is. There it is. That's the stuff that dreams are made out of. <laughs> Isn't that a, that's an expression, isn't it? I sounds right. Well, if it isn't, it is now. Um, I I have to say before we wrap up, I got to say one thing. After last week's episode, before last week's episode actually dropped, we 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 put out a um, a charge to our listeners. Okay. You remember what that was? Oh, I remember we we told people to guess our Hogwarts houses. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. What did we get? Are, are, are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> Not one person. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Not Thanks. one person <laughs> responded to the poll. Not, I, I'm... I'm looking wow. at them right now for five days. I, I did one for which house does Courtney belong to? Which house does me belong to? No one, no one voted. No one voted. You know, um, hey, everyone, that makes me worried about your mental health and whether you're taking breaks for fun for yourselves. So please do that. You don't have to vote, but take breaks for fun for yourself. Please do so. Take, yeah. Take, yeah, take those take those moments. And, you know, if if those moments aren't or don't involve social media, fine. Don't then, then please. Yeah, that's fine. Stay so away. we'll tell you. We'll tell you. And then you can laugh because you knew. Matt, what house are you? Oh, everyone knows what house I am. Yes, say it. Everyone house. I'm I'm of the best house. I am of the house of the of those who rule, of those who look <laughs> over the domains of others and say, Thou shall oh, be mine. Yeah, he's Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin to the core. Now, you I, are. now it should be noted, yeah, Slytherin has the most evil wizards. Not all evil wizards come out of Slytherin. The most do. Most do. Sure. <laughs> it's pretty good, pretty high probability. <laughs> I mean, Merlin was a Slytherin. Merlin wasn't bad. And and what pray tell house? <laughs> 
My EOV is shortening. Oh gosh, Can I'm Hufflepuff. I'm Hufflepuff. Yeah, you're yeah, you're Hufflepuff. Every you know, people say that. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. My, my son made fun of me for it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my house. I have. There's four people in my house. Uh, I'm a Slytherin. I, there's one Hufflepuff, and there's two yeah. Gryffindors. Nice. There you go. Not not a whole lot of bright people in my house. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. We got, See, a bunch of, we got caring, brave, and jerks. That's who we have. Caring, brave, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. So yeah. So you know, we are loyal. We care about justice, and um. And justice is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> okay. Say. <laughs> All, all I'm saying is that laws are just... And we balance all of the other houses out so well, which is why we are a fantastic co-host pair. I agree. I agree. Right. So if you want to if you want to get in contact with us, you can follow us on social media. Clearly you're not, um, but it's... <laughs> but you can follow uh, Courtney on Twitter at BelowlandC. You can follow me on Twitter at DrewettCard. Follow the podcast on Twitter at MainEdMatters. Uh, we are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash main education matters. And there's a website out there that I have not updated in years. Um, and <laughs> yeah, who, who needs websites? That's, That's it. That's it. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it.